Hey guys, what's up? You're listening to ADHD Witch, the podcast for neurodivergent spiritual seekers, witches, and weirdos. I'm Evanora, a neurodivergent, empath, tarot reader, solitary witch, and meditation teacher. Get ready for some realness, probably some swearing, and definitely a lot of distraction. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, friends. I'm really excited to share this episode with you, Um, but before I introduce my special guest, I just wanted to say thank you so much to all the listeners and everyone who's reached out, um, sending me voice messages. Um, I really appreciated it. It really touched me so much. So thank you, and um, please continue uh, commenting and letting me know what you'd like to hear. Um, I love talking with you guys and making new friends. All right, so without further ado, um, here is an amazing conversation I had with Sierra from thelocalmystic.com. Okay, welcome, welcome. So I have here with me today the beautiful Sierra from The Local Mystic on Instagram. Um, She is the founder of The Local Mystic, where she guides women to their full potential through spiritual community and mindfulness. She's been featured in Yoga Journal, Witchy Way Magazine, and Insight Timer. Welcome, Sierra. Thank you so much, Evanora. I'm so excited to be here. It's always a pleasure to commune with other witchy women. Yeah, so uh, my first question uh, in getting to know you, um, how did you get into the witchy world in general? Yeah. So uh, short answer through herbalism was my first, I guess, witchy practice of choice. Um, But before that, I had already been dabbling in spiritual practices. Uh, This was kind of the end of my college career. So by that point, I was an avid uh, yoga practitioner and student of mindfulness. I had taken classes on Buddhism and Hinduism in college. I was just very drawn to... um, alternative spiritualities, I guess, but I mean, they're not so alternative anymore. Um, and then I started to learn more and more about paganism and earth-based spirituality through my practices with herbalism. And then I got very interested in the lunar phases and moon magic and the wheel of the year, um, which are kind of now the the framework of everything that I teach and do. Um, So it was really just my love for nature and my desire to be connected on a deeper level with nature and the universe around me. And I didn't really know that that was like witchy when I started it. It was just something that I was into. I thought I was just like a little hippie, but the more that I got into looking at the spirituality and the ritual and the ceremony behind honoring nature the more that I started to really identify with this label of the witch and uh, started being a bit more, um, I guess, intentional with my ritual practices and my ceremony practices. And from there, I kind of created an entire business around it um, and an online community around empowering other women to find this sense of empowerment and peace and space through these practices. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a really humbling and really exciting journey to go on. And the deeper that I've gotten into it now, it's funny, I can look back and I see that 
my mom and my grandma are also just a hundred percent witches. Um, so it's, it's just been a really cool and empowering journey over the last like five or six years. Mm. Wow. It's so similar to my story right down to the grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so how do you incorporate herbalism today? Um, admittedly not as much as I did in the past, but that's because for the past year, uh, I was living in a van in a converted van with my partner and we were traveling the country during the pandemic. So when you're living in kind of a 12 square foot space, you know, the jars of hibiscus and tea tree oil kind of get put to the side because you don't have a space for a lot of things. So, um, but now we've kind of stationed, we're based in Oregon now. Um, so I used to do like, um, a little botanical shop kind of thing, especially when I was living in New Orleans, which is the last place that I called home. And that was really kind of the breeding ground for my witchy training, I guess, initiation. Um, I would make kind of magical potions like aromatherapy and, and tinctures and salves and balms. And I would sell them at the local artist markets there in New Orleans. And I sold them online somewhat too. Um, but now it's more kind of personal in practice and I'll make gifts for friends uh, that aren't feeling good or for the holidays or something like that. But um, it's really more kind of personal and less production based than it was. Uh, I love sharing the creations with other people, but I'm trying to stop myself from trying to make everything that I love a business model. And it's something that I really struggle with. So for now, I've taken it back to just for me and my loved ones. And I mean, I still share with other people about it. If if people have questions um, about different herbs to use for like rituals and just suggestions and recipes that I have, and I still have kind of old recipes up on my website too. But for now, I've kind of taken it back to just kind of a personal practice of my own. Yeah. And I think that herbalism is a very personal practice in general anyway, as you connect to the soul of the plants and everything. Um, Mm -hmm. Seems like it it would be better served um, on an individual basis than mass production. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was it was still even a small, a very small operation in New Orleans. It, you know, it was still just me making everything in my kitchen. Um, but still, you know, there was less, less heart in it. You know, I was making things because I was sold out of it and I needed more as opposed to, you know, having a deeper intention behind it. Um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with selling your, your witchy wares for anyone that does that, but it just, it wasn't for me. And then the space the space was the biggest issue um, why I had to consolidate. But we have a, an apartment now here in Portland and finally getting all my old herb jars and essential oil bottles out of out of storage that they've been in for a year and a half. So that's actually super exciting. Nice. <laughs> yeah. um, so you teach yoga also. Um, what kind of yoga do you specialize in? Uh, I've been leaning more recently towards yin yoga, which is a much slower practice. I was trained in vinyasa and ashtanga styles of yoga, which for those that aren't familiar are a bit more active and fast paced. And vinyasa is kind of the traditional, the the stereotypical, I guess, yoga that everyone tends to think about, especially here in the West. Uh, very fast paced, kind of one movement per breath, very therapeutic for for so many reasons. But I've found myself drawn to teaching 
a bit slower. And yin yoga is kind of a crossover between traditional Hindu philosophy of yoga and then also some elements of Chinese medicine and Taoism. It's the effect of really extended periods of stillness and quiet. And so in that regard, it's a physical and a mental practice, um, having to deal with just kind of being still for four or five minutes at a time is something that a lot of people really struggle with. And just from my own personal, uh, energetic makeup, I'm a very active kind of masculine proactive person at all other hours of my day. So I'm finding that when I teach, I really like to channel that slower, more feminine, quiet energy uh, so that's kind of been what I've been leaning towards. I, I still like a good kind of active energetic class every once in a while, but my teachings and my practices are really starting to take the shape of allowing people to step into that more feminine, quiet space, because I think that's the thing that so many people are missing. That's the medicine that so many people need right now is that ability to let go and relax and just allow. So I've kind of noticed that that's where the rivers started to take me. Yeah, that's so true. The whole world is has been in a masculine kind of flow for such a long time that, you know, we really need that balance of stillness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um oh, I pulled up the wrong <laughs> list. There we go. Um so what what is it that you do for your clients? What kind of journey do you take them through? Yeah. So right now, uh, it's my work is community-based. So I'm a bit different in the sense that I don't really do like one-on-one coaching anymore because I've found so much medicine in community and I really like to elevate the voices of other people. And I know that other people have different experiences than me that can benefit people. And it's really all about... I guess, training other women to hold space for each other and level up in the ways that they want. So my offerings are community-based. I have a membership program that's kind of my main thing. And we also do um, in-person retreats and moon circles and things like that. So it's all very community-oriented. And the sort of transformation that I guide women through is this ability to uncover and further embody their innate divinity, which I know is kind of a new age mouthful, but it's just about letting go of the obstacles that you encounter on a day-to-day basis that you know aren't really the best for you, sort of dirt that you've picked up along the way of just being a human of different mental habits and activities that you've picked up that don't make you feel the best and learning how to let go of those and honor your more innate divine nature, which is peace, which is space, which is allowance. Um, you know, I, I very much believe that life is meant to be easy and life is meant to be feel magical. And I feel like so many people don't believe that and don't give themselves permission for that. So it's really about making your life feel more magical, making your life feel like a ritual and like a ceremony and not in a religious way, but just in a way of reverence and a way of excitement. And through that, getting people into a place where they feel more spacious more at peace, um, less confused, less anxious, less unsure of themselves. And eventually then a lot of women end up wanting to then hold this space for other women too. So it's kind of a journey 
that goes as deep as as the student wants you know it's whether it's just uncovering your own peace and letting go of your own obstacles. And if that's where you stop, you know, then that's a forever long journey in itself. Right. But then I'm noticing so many women wanting to step up then and lead other women to this space as well. So, um, we're working on kind of developing trainings, um, and certifications and like high priestess trainings where you are able to kind of hold space and rituals and circles for other women, if that's something that you choose to take on. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just really cool to watch all these women begin to open up to each other and kind of allow themselves to be vulnerable in ways where they haven't been given permission to in the past and really inviting other women to feel fucking powerful. Sorry. I don't know if I can curse, oh, but allowing them yeah, to feel no, This is an explicit podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because that's just how much I want it for people is like, you are innately powerful. And that's kind of just my my hill that I'm going to die on is like empowering other women to see that. Yes. I love that so much. (laughs) I find so many women are stepping into that power of being a teacher and wanting to help other women rise. It's Mm -hmm. becoming more, I don't want to say a theme, but it is definitely developing across the planet more. Yeah. um, We're waking up to it. We're, we're seeing that this is something that's, direly needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, tell me about the intention setting process that you were talking to me about earlier. Yeah. So I kind of, I've, I've used intention setting and manifestation throughout my wellness and spirituality journey myself. And I'm a firm, firm advocate of manifestation Um And I've kind of taken this framework that I've seen in the phases of the moon and the seasons and the feminine body for that matter, and used this as a framework for manifestation and intention setting. So I think, especially with the increase of conversation around manifestation, there are these ideas that it's just all about kind of forcing and willing strangling your desires into being with every energy of your, with every fiber of your being. And I really want to inspire people to still make room for that allowance, right? That space, that feminine, right? There is that energy of doing, of progression, of action, of masculine, of yang, but then you also need that counter feminine, that winter, that allowing and relaxing. So we kind of embody these four sacred cycles. These four steps of the sacred cycles is what I call them that's, you know, echoed in new moon, waxing, full, waning, winter, spring, fall, summer, you know, so it's kind of these universal energy frameworks that take the shape of planting seeds, getting clear on your intention, doing the work, embodying that, um, and then falling into the more receiving half of it, which is the allowing, removing of obstacles, um, getting a little bit even more clear on your vision, what's standing in your way, and then allowing space to just be, right? So it is a very holistic approach. Um, It's a little witchy, of course, and it's just about kind of honoring all sides of the energetic spectrum and not just that masculine do 100% super active, live in my best life kind of energy. Nice. So what, um, what kind of tips do you have for people that struggle to allow and uh, hold space for something to 
grow underground. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's something that I feel like everyone struggles with. I still even do all the time um, because I am such a proactive person, you know, allowing space to just be is super hard. Even um, last week, you know, I, I had food poisoning and I was so like still even judgmental and and upset about it that I had to spend like three days in bed. I was so mad. I was like, why? I don't want to be here. I want to get up. I want to do stuff. Um, And it's so hard to just allow that stuff to be. Um, I think the biggest thing is to release judgment of yourself and release judgment of, of others. And obviously that's way easier said than done. It takes a lot of practice, but we are creatures of nature and in nature, there, there is no judgment, right? When, when it rains, mother nature doesn't have a purpose or an idea behind it. It's not, it's not anything that is for a specific reason. It just is right. And that's, that, that is in all nature. There is no judgment in nature. That's something that we've created in our egoic and in our mental bodies. So I think that people who are struggling to allow are putting too much judgment on themselves and wanting to force something that isn't right. And this is kind of where there becomes a weird line in the manifestation game between what is actively creating, what is manifesting and what is allowing, right? Because with manifestation, there is that energy of like, you want things to change and you're trying to create or manipulate something into being but then there's the other side of that, which is allowing, which just is. It's that very Zen idea of like what is, is, and there, there's really nothing you can do to change it, right? So it's kind of weird that they seem to counter, they seem to contradict each other, but that's kind of that balance. Um, and that's, you know, going back to those those cycles and and having both of those energies that we talked about before. But I think short answer of people that are struggling to allow is to just give yourself space, be gentle with yourself and notice if you are judging yourself. Notice if you are trying to judge yourself in a way that you're trying to force something that isn't right. Does that make sense? You know, rather than like trying to change or manipulate the way that you're feeling in that moment, just kind of allow it to be and know that you can choose to change it if you like, if that's something that's going to serve you to change. But if it's not, you're also allowed to just kind of, you're allowed to lay in bed for a day if you want, you know? So I think judgment is is the biggest part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've said before that it's, um, it's kind of like, especially for a neurodiverse brain, um, we can freeze and want to do nothing which isn't always in our best interest. Sometimes there is a season to act. And um, knowing the difference is kind of like you needing to decipher whether the voice is your wise future self saying, yes, this is how you get to me, or your petulant inner child saying, I don't wanna. So <laughs> I um, that's how I think of it. I'm, I'm constantly asking myself, is this just little lazy baby Evanora or is this future badass Evanora? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Channeling that, that higher self for sure. Cause I mean, and then if you follow any of quantum physics, then, you know, they teach that whoever you are in the future, you are that person now, you know? So if you want to be 
that future badass person, then you make the decisions as if you already are that person because you are, you know, the only way that you're going to get to be that person is if you be that person now. Mm, Absolutely. Um, So how can flowing with the seasons or the cycles of the moon help people with, you know, ADHD or other neurodiversities um, deal with this um, guilt, I guess, Um, because especially women with ADHD, um, we tend to hide it and mask it, um, especially as adults too. You know, we learn early on that that's not normal and I have to act normal. So, um, you know, how can seasons um, and the earth kind of teach us how to um, just accept that we are not always on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's a physical permission slip, right? We can see depending on where you live in the world. Obviously, if you're in Southern California, it's like eternal summer all the time. But you can see physically in nature that things change and things shift and things aren't just 100% on all the time. You know, if it was height of summer solstice, 15 hours of daylight every single day, yeah, sure, that'd probably be cool for a while, but you'd get sick of it and you would miss that softer nurturing cold winter energy. Um, so I think it, it takes a lot of forgiveness to translate that from something that is outside of us, like the, the seasons and the phases of the moon and see that reflected within ourselves. But it can be seen as a permission slip that is outside of us saying, okay, I, I'm seeing that this is something that is just true in all of nature, right? And especially, you know, as women, we're able to see the cycles of our hormones and the cycles of our menstruation through our body. So we're knowing that this is something that is innately true in all of nature, right? That we're supposed to have these cycles. We're not supposed to be summer solstice all the time. And I think with with that, it's just a way for us to reason. It's a way to justify it almost in our heads. And it's all, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we need that, but as mental beings, you know, we want everything to have a valid reason, especially in the modern technological world. So it's almost a way to validate yourself. It's a way to see your own emotions and your own mental fluctuations mirrored in something greater and more divine than yourself. Um, you're not even separate from it. It is part of you, separate rabbit hole. But it's a way to just give yourself permission to feel the way that you're feeling. And it's a way for you to allow what you're feeling to be, because it's almost a way of, it's almost a form of justification, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's sad that we need justification, but you're right. We're mental beings and we're always in our heads. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if you can't, you can't, quit yourself from thinking, uh, you know, not that I think you would even want to, you, our rational brains serve us in lots of really awesome ways. So it's almost like if you, if you have to feed it the cookie to get it to quiet down, then it's just what you do. Yeah. Just go with the flow and make the best of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so something else that a lot of people neurodiverse or not, um, deal with this time of year is seasonal affective disorder. 
or, Mm -hmm. you know, just seasonal depression. Um, You know, we're getting less um, sun, our brains are, you know, just wired to respond better to sunlight. And as we get less sunlight in the Northern hemisphere right now, um, it hits neurodiverse people harder, I find. Um, So do you have any tools or um, ideas on how to combat that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know that my partner really struggles with this personally too. Um, I think that one thing that's really important kind of throughout the year, but especially in wintertime is just making intentional time to get outside. Even in the area where I live, it's not really sunny most of the time of the year anyway. It's really cloudy and rainy, but even just having that little bit of time outside is enough to kind of awaken your body and to let your body know that it's, it is bright some of the days. Cause I know it can seem like we're just existing in eternal darkness, especially in the winter. So making that intentional time to get outside, even if you do live in a bigger city, you know, going outside and taking a walk, especially really early in the morning, that's something that's really good for your natural clock, your circadian rhythm to be able to get outside and experience even just a little bit of sunlight early in the day. That's something that's really helpful. Um, and just giving yourself that vitamin D and, If it's severe enough, then, I mean, there are alternate sources for vitamin D to um, vitamins and even tanning booths, which aren't, you know, the best. But I'm sure nowadays they have better ones that have maybe less of the terrible things. And maybe maybe they're just vitamin D booths. That would be really great. If that's not a thing already, (laughs) they should make it. (laughs) They should make that. But, um, you know, if, if it's, if it's severe enough then just knowing that that's something that your body is, is missing and, and giving yourself that, right. It's the same thing as like fertilizing your garden, right. You need to kind of give it what it needs sometimes. Um, and then to, to lean into that energy a little bit too. So giving yourself that, that sunlight and that energy as much as you can during the day. But then when it does get dark at four o'clock, which is such a bummer, I hate it too, but giving yourself the, permission to like lean into that energy a little bit and finding practices that will restore your body. So especially dealing with depression and anxiety that circles around this time of the year, finding ways that you can alleviate that for yourself a little bit in a more nourishing quiet, introverted way, sort of reflecting what is going on outside of you. So giving yourself time, to maybe take a really quiet, um, restorative yoga class at home. You can find them on YouTube, totally free. Um, just giving yourself maybe half an hour, 45 minutes to stretch and relax inside, put on some really soothing music, light some candles. So, you know, leaning into that energy of soft and quiet a little bit and allowing that to kind of ease some of the discomfort that's inside. Um, that can be super helpful or even, you know, just bath. There are lots of different ways, really warm and nurturing food is another really good thing. Um, and if you want to get super into it, you can look up the foods that are, um, what's the word, harvestable, I guess, right now in your area, kind of the foods that are really prevalent during this time of the year. And mm, even seasonal, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, seasonal. Even just taking in the nutrients from the seasonal food, that's mm. something that's that's really helpful for the body. Um, so, yeah, I, and I understand that it can be, it can be really hard. And a lot of it is that inner resistance to, the dark and the quiet, right? Because we want to be 
active a lot of the time. Um, we feel like if we're not being active, then we are inherently less than, or that then there's something wrong. We're not proving ourselves enough, right? Because we think that rest is worthless essentially. So I think there is an element of leaning into it a little bit that can be helpful um, by doing restorative practices that are more inside. Um, and it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, super Zen quiet yoga. Maybe you really love art, you know, leaning into your art practices more, um, just doing things that really nourish and restore you, but then also giving yourself that sunlight and that vitamin D as, as much as you can, I think will also be super helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The resistance I think is a major thing. It's, um, I teach that a lot in shadow work also, where it's the resistance to the shadow and the resistance to the darkness that I think causes a lot of the problems. And um, yeah, I've learned lately that, you know, when it gets dark at four o'clock, instead of lamenting it and trying to force myself to be productive, I could just, you know, light a fire in the fireplace and read a book. And that's totally fine. You don't yeah. have to be productive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Give yourself that permission. Give yourself that space. It's like you you are able to take those longer hours of just nourishing and caring for yourself now. So like why so why not take it? Mm. Yeah. The light is another thing that I've I've been considering getting one of those sunlight um alarm clocks that has like the yellow light just zap them right into my eyes and make me feel like I'm in the sun. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about those too. Those look super cool. Yeah. Cause it, like here in, in Portland, it's, it's cloudy most of the time and it's, it's fun in the regard that then I think people around here very much, um, it's like a big celebration when it's a super sunny day. Cause it doesn't happen very often. So everyone's really excited and everyone's outside when it's a super sunny day, but it can be, yeah, it can be a little draining sometimes just wake up and see, Oh, it's another, another cloudy day. So yeah, the alarm clocks are great. They do make lots of really awesome gadgets nowadays to help with stuff like this too. Yeah. But I do like the idea of leaning into it when possible. Mm -hmm. I think that's more natural and uh, better for our souls as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Um, where can everyone find you online? Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram. I'm at the local mystic and we'll do regular kind of live trainings. And I post a lot just about like mindfulness and spirituality and the full moon energies and things like that. Um, so that's the best way to reach me or uh, through my website, my blog at thelocalmystic.com. The local and if this is something that you're super interested in, I have like a free beginners full moon ritual guide that's on there um, that kind of walks you through a full full moon ritual from kind of start to finish so if this is something that people are getting just like kind of first starting to dip their toes into I always suggest to start with you know the energy that's most visible to people which is the full moon so this is kind of where I start people off so there's that and also just tons of other resources on the blog about spirituality mental health well-being things like that so yeah Awesome. And um, I'm really interested. You mentioned um, in-person retreats. Do you have anything coming up next year? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm so excited. We just started <laughs> planning it because we're I'm sick of being inside and not being able to be around people. So we're just going for it. So we're actually planning a 
four-day retreat in the Redwood Forest in Northern California at the the middle of August. I believe it's the 11th through the 14th. Um, And it's going to be a retreat all centered, centered all around awakening the divine feminine. And it's going to be in the middle of the Redwood Forest, total cabin core vibes. And it's going to be super duper exciting. And it's, and it's, um, taking place over a full moon weekend too. So the very first night we start with a full moon ritual and a whole goddess circle. And yeah, I'm so pumped. I'm so excited to get out again and be with people. It's yeah, it's going to be great. That's awesome. I will definitely be in touch about that. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Well, thank you so much and uh, we'll keep in touch. Yes. Thank you so much, Evanora. And so nice to be here with you. Thank you so much for listening. This is ADHD Witch and I'm Evanora. You can find the links to all of Sierra's websites and social media in the description, as well as a link to my upcoming two-day live event for free. This is a two-day initiation to discover what parts of you are really just survival mechanisms so you can kiss that dingy mask goodbye and love your true self. So this is going to be December 5th and 6th, and each session will start at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this will take place in my free Facebook group. So check out the link in the description for that. And I will see you next time. Bye.